peace be to you. Henry the Cardinal Marino. Let us begin with a question. Welcome to the Evangelion podcast, Curiously Catholic. Evangelion's mission is to light the fire of Christ in the hearts of Catholics by sharing the truths of our faith in a compelling manner. And that involves you. So if you would like to see how you can get involved with the Evangelion's mission or help out by donating, please head to our website, evangelion.co.nz and subscribe to our emailing list. That way you can be the first to find about all the fantastic things we have planned for you. We have done retreats. We have done conferences. We have plans to do tours of... Uh, big name Catholic speakers around New Zealand. If you want to know that information, get on that emailing list. But back to the podcast. In this podcast, we are going to be picking the brains of Catholic enthusiasts and try and get to the bottom of how to live truly as a Catholic in contemporary times. My name is Dominic Malgeri, and in this podcast, we have Anne Nelson. How's it going, Anne? Hello, hello, Dominic. How are you? I'm pretty good. That's only the third attempt of uh, doing that introduction, but I think it was pretty good, huh? You got it. You pulled through. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you're an, you're a Catholic enthusiast. I'm a Catholic enthusiast. Um, you may be a little less well known than I am. So let's start. Who is Anne Nelson? Can you tell us a bit about yourself? Uh, were you a cradle Catholic? Were you a convert? Give us the details. I would say, yeah, that I'm a cradle Catholic. Um, but I would also consist like consider myself a little bit of a convert because. It's, it's ongoing, um, you know, always converting. And I would say, so I was born and raised. I'm um, about 20 minutes outside of Steubenville, Ohio. So a very big Catholic community, which is great, except for that growing up in it, it's a challenge to kind of make it your own. So um, and that's what I mean by... A convert in, in the own sense because it gets to a point where you have to choose for yourself um, and thankfully it was early on when I did that I was age 14 me and I had there were five of us best friends who were all hanging out um, and instead of I don't know doing other party things we would go to campfires and we would just talk about the faith and why why do we have this faith? We all were born Catholic, but like at this age in our life, why is it our own? And why do Catholics do the things they do? And anyway, it, it just really sparked um, the Catholic faith to root in my life. And so going on with, with high school, that was really, really helpful um, to have those friends, have those um, companions to journey with me along throughout my life. And then yeah, I got to a point um, right after high school and I was like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And so a friend of mine was supposed to go to New Zealand and nanny over there, but she ended up not being able to do that. And so she was like, Anne, you should do it. It's like, you're crazy. I don't even know where New Zealand is. And um, so I do now. I do now. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Well, you'd hope so. Everyone Yes. Yeah, I can very much relate to not knowing where New Zealand was um, until I met my, my now wife. I met her in the UK and she was like, I'm from New Zealand. I was like, that's great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, now I'm here as well. It seemed, there seems to be, uh, you know, quite a, a an, an attraction getting people that don't know in New Zealand exist to New Zealand. But Steubenville to New Zealand. Steubenville, I mean, I can't even imagine uh, what it's like living there. You've got, you know, the Frads, you've got the Hernins, you've got the, the Hans, and sure, many other people I'm not even fully aware that are there. It just sounds like Catholic-topia. And like you said, you know, that, I guess, has its challenges, you know, like kind of first-world problems. Oh, no, there's too much faith, you know. <laughs> you know it's, yeah. Especially when we're in this very secular world in New Zealand. And so I guess having that as a, as a, as a starting point was... Was it you said it was difficult like making it your own and so what made you want to make it your own because i know a lot of um being having worked in chaplaincy you get lots of uh students coming through and they um and they, they you know they've had their family and their parish life and then they go to school and it's like their faith is done for them and then they go to university and they go ah who cares about this so like what 
propelled you into like actually this is something that needs to be made my own yeah no totally um sadly i've had yeah friends do that as they were raised the same way i was but as soon as they hit college level they just went awol and um i'm just very blessed one with with the four friends that i had was definitely an anchor for me but i think what what it is is <clears throat> through asking questions there gets to a point right where faith comes into play um and personal relationship with the lord becomes everything um you can ask as many questions as you want about the catholic faith but if you don't have a personal relationship with that with the lord those answers aren't going to ever fulfill you you're just going to keep asking questions and which is good we are supposed to ask questions with our faith but when you know someone it just makes it way more real mm. way more personal and you want to ask questions because it's no longer this are you going to answer the way i want you to answer it becomes okay who are you and and why is that the answer why are those the teachings of the catholic faith and the the deeper you get to know the lord in a personal way the more real the faith becomes and you realize just the truth about it and you yeah. it just becomes your own yeah i suppose it's kind of like the, the relationship helps helps you listen to the answers because um and i think this is the case with you know everything like if if someone i don't trust is going to tell me something i'm not going to trust what they say and so you know building that relationship with christ means it's you're building up that trust in his church exactly. um so i think exactly. you know that's kind of a maybe a compelling way of putting it so yeah you 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 had a good a good set of friends praise god that you know helped you allowed you to question uh, and helped you have that relationship with christ to listen to the answers um i guess like um so how old were you when you're having these campfires 14 was when we started and then it just continued through high school that's cool man i love campfires yeah. oh it's the best yeah 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 and so conversations around the campfire yeah well maybe that's an, uh, that's another podcast conversation around the campfire <laughs> Star starring ann nelson um <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it later um yeah. so <laughs> was it one, one of your friends one of those four friends was going to be coming over to new zealand to do nannying i actually know a different friend of mine um, was going to but the friends that i grew up with the, out of the five they encouraged me to even look into it because i was like this is crazy it's all the way across the world like there's no way like what is my family gonna think like i just i had all these questions but my my best friends really encouraged me to at least look into it and sure enough it was exactly what i needed to do so what what do you mean by that how do you how do you know it was exactly what you needed to do was it did you know that when you landed did you know that when you left or so i went and i talked to the friend who was supposed to go and she told me all the things and all the questions that i had lined up um every answer she gave was just so just peaceful in my heart and it was just like this gut feeling of i don't know what's to come i don't know what question <laughs> what i'm getting myself into but i just know that i have to take this step mm. without a doubt i just knew that and so i got back in the car with my best friends and broke down crying because i was like this is it i don't even know what this is but this is it so yeah. um it was a whole process but as soon as i said that yes everything started to line up my visas um flights just everything my family how they um just took it in and just really supported me just like everything just like smoothed out um to where i was able to go to new zealand and meet you, you and go. everyone else you can't win everything else um but yeah so yeah because like your story uh sounds like one of those uh stories you hear from saints like uh you know um saint francis saw these visions or uh saint joseph had these dreams or like there was this like dramatic calling uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta 
had these visions, had two visions of Christ that called us to start this order. And like, they always seem like, oh yeah, but that'll never happen to me. Um, so I guess like, how did you know to trust these things? Um, is, is there a, like a pattern that you recognize and how God talks to you? Um, because like, I, I guess from my own perspective, I can, I can, I can relate to moving to the side of the world and being feeling called to do so. And then it just being, Oh yeah, of course I'm going to do this, but it's like, I've never been able to fully articulate it. So I was wondering if you were able to, uh, maybe talk a bit more about that. Okay. Um, at the time, <laughs> no, <laughs> since then, and looking back now, yes, 100%, I can see a pattern throughout my life of how the Lord speaks through me through people, um, and circumstances and just by peace um very much by peace um and it's kind of funny because whatever's crazy in my mind is usually what he's like yep that's what i want you to do i'm like you're crazy <laughs> no and he's like no 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 it's okay i got you yeah you got this let's go that's cool so um, yeah it's usually the thing i don't want to do is what he ends up asking me to do so right um so you didn't want to come to New Zealand. Well, I mean, I guess you couldn't have wanted to. You didn't know where New Zealand was. Um, yeah. But I guess um, your life changed, and it's changing currently because you're going to enter into a religious life. Um, I am. Yes, three weeks. Mind-blowing. Uh, what's the what's the name of the order? The Servants of the Lord and the Virgin of Matara. Or the Servidoras, for short. The Servidoras. Now, was the um, the habit the reason you wanted to go? Because it's quite a cool habit, isn't it? It is legit. It's beautiful. It's blue and gray, but no, that is not. The, it that just helps with it. Yeah, yes. it's the cherry on the cake. <laughs> Very much so. Um, so yeah, you're joining the the Servidoras, you say? So you join the Servidoras, man. I can't even. I can't even fathom the like. Um, because we we met when you came to New Zealand uh at did we meet at hearts of flame yep yep 2016 okay so how long had you been in new zealand leading up to that i got there in august and then hearts of flame is in january so that's like four four or five months months. yeah Yeah. okay um and so first off you didn't know new zealand was a thing and you've traveled there and then you get here and you somehow hear about hearts of flame um how did who who were you con how did explain this to me <laughs> right okay so so i arrived in new zealand in christchurch and i lived with a family that i au paired for nannied for um and it was a really good community down in christchurch so i got a really good community down there and um we would go to this latin mass at a community i don't know if it was like the mar the maris or i don't i don't know who was down there in christchurch i just remember going to this parish that all these great catholics went to and they knew i was from steubenville and they were like wow like it's funny because everyone here in the states when they hear steubenville they have no idea where we are on the map but when if you go international everyone's like oh my gosh steubenville and i was like not prepared for that at all so That's hilarious um but it was funny because yeah a lot of people came up to me and they're like Steubenville conferences the speakers this and that um like you should go to hearts of flame that's that's the thing to go to here in new zealand if you're catholic if you're a young adult go to this yeah i don't know like i don't know anyone there it's on the other island I've never had to make friends before in my life. This is the first time I made friends. Like just all this, just like stuff was coming up. Um, But I was like, all right, I will see if we can make this work. So I called home um, and my family was really, really supportive and encouraged me to go check it out. Um, And so um, I ended up going to Hearts of Flame, um, which was awesome. Oh my gosh, totally something that I probably would have gone to if it was in the States, but I was just not expecting what God had for me there. And Mm. um, yeah, that's where I met. Yeah, like I said, you and everyone else and 
I remember coming back from Hearts of Flame in tears because I was like, these guys are amazing. Like, why can't I just bring them back to Christchurch too? Because it was just, it was a lot happened there. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite a, uh, it's quite a ten days, isn't it? Um, yes. So, uh, was was that when you decided? So, like, up until now, up to this point in your life, had religious life played much of a role? Or was it just never something that you were going to do? It was a thing that I did not want to do. <laughs> that, that was the role that it played. Um, I come from a big family, and most of them, um, the older ones, were getting married at 19, 20. Wow. Um, all I wanted to do was get married at 18, have a bunch of kids. That, that That's all I knew, really. Even yeah. though, it's funny, because even though Steubenville has a bunch of religious walking around and stuff. I really didn't spend too much time with them. We would with our parish priests and stuff, but I didn't spend time with the religious. Um, so all I knew of it was these super holy people, and I was not interested in that sort of life at all. Interesting. Um, yes, yes. So leading up to it, um, when I met everyone at Hearts of Flame, all of the Filipinos and everyone else, um we we would eat dinner and stuff like that at Hearts of Flame with all the religious there because there's so many religious there. I mm. love that they have so many different different communities there. I think that that's so cool. Um but when the friends that I made there were like, "Let's go eat with so and so, priest or religious." I was like, "No, like no thank you." <laughs> um but they encouraged me and we sat down, we just had normal conversations with with sisters, with priests, with brothers, and just spending a meal with them. It was really weird, but my heart started to change towards them because up until this point, I didn't think they were real people, honestly. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I thought they were pretty awkward, and um, it was just really cool to see how my heart changed through just conversations. Um they're real people and they're awesome and they've got some pretty sweet stories and wisdom and it just totally blew my mind because I was totally uncomfortable with it before Hearts of Flame. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny the perception you have of like religious and priests. I remember like um, mm -hmm. I converted reasonably later in life and um, I was at the retreat center that I uh, met my wife at and I was talking to the chaplain there who was a really great priest and I was like, yeah, I don't think I could ever be a priest because I just don't think I could learn the words to mass. <laughs> you know? And I was telling this story to uh, my friend who's getting ordained next week, in a weekend. And um, and we were just both cracking up because I was like, I said to him, I was like, you get to bring together, you you, the, you get to be at the point of heaven and earth coming together. That's amazing. And I'm like, and I was there, I don't know the words, so I'm not going to be a priest. I mean, I obviously wasn't going to be a priest for other reasons. I felt called right. elsewhere. But um, no, it is, it is crazy that view you have of um, priests and religious. They're just like floating people or not even people. They're just uh, they're clergy and religious. Um, but yeah, I think it sounds like, you know, you really needed to be shaken up. Uh, and I, I can relate to this as well, like entering into, you know, husbandry, as I call it, which actually isn't being a husband that's a whole other thing and then, then being a father is both those uh, those moments were okay god was like i'm going to take you to the other side of the world and you're going to learn how to be a man and a husband and then you know i'm going to take away everything that you've come to know up to this point and now you're going to be a father and you have to take on other things and um both in really difficult times uh but also were exactly what i need and i would never if i had to do it again i'd do it twice you know you coming to New Zealand, uh, saying goodbye to everything you knew beforehand. It sounds like again. It sounds like one of those shaking up um, experiences. And how has it changed? How did it change you? Uh, I guess, like you said, it's your your heart opened up towards you. Realized the people, but like, did it change you socially? Did it change you um, spiritually? Um, or did it? Was it just? Did it take a, a while to take effect? Or was it like after Hearts of Flame, like right? I'm going to start doing the liturgy of hours. I'm going to start wearing really long dresses with a veil. No? <laughs> Definitely not. I actually did not like the liturgy of hours at all. <sighs> that. 
I was I was done with it. But then by the end, it's so funny because because you do it for what ten days straight. By the end, you actually kind of like it. You're like, mm. this is kind of nice, and the songs get stuck in your head. And I I still oh my gosh, yep, all the songs. <laughs> I still sing them. Which is good, but it was it's just funny that I I was not expecting to like it at the end. Um, no, but um. Yeah, it took me a while. It took me a while. Um, I've never had to make friends before, so that was really new to to kind of just get out of my comfort zone and put myself out there and say, hi, I'm in, you know. Um, but through that also, like, I found myself going to the chapel a lot um, because I knew the Lord. The Lord knew me, and that was home. Um no matter where I was, I knew that I was connected with my family through the Eucharist. And so going to Mass, going to the chapel to pray, I just felt at peace. Um, and going there all the time, like, I would say that that was a point in my life where Jesus kind of became my best friend. Um, up until that point, you know, you love him, you get to know him, but that in New Zealand is where it really took root of best friend. Um, and so that sort of shifted my my spiritual life a bit. Um, Hearts of Flame happened. I started to realize that religious were actually cool. Um, and that's where I met Sister Remedy, which is the sister that changed my entire life, um, my entire view on religious life. She is a servidora. Um, who was on home visit because she's a Kiwi actually but she was stationed in Papua New Guinea and I don't know if she got asked or invited to do Hearts of Flame but she was only there for three days and yeah she burst in my bubble um, nice. she was so legit mm. so legit in my mind she she was like me it was weird I was like watching her and, and she would she would like she would like pick on people, meaning like she would like steal food off their plate or like, um, like go past me and pull my hair. Just I don't know. She would just make jokes, and um, she was just someone who I thought was so crazy and awesome. I was so shocked that she was a nun. I didn't understand that, and so I think that is where the seed was planted of. Someone as crazy and awesome as her is a sister. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can too, Anne. And I was like, no, 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 no. And <laughs> disregarded that and continued on life after that. But kept in contact with her and right. it was good. It was good. That's, that's really awesome. I mean, I think it's funny because I guess like, um, like married life, it's kind of like, I don't think anyone would think see someone and goes, "Oh, she's attractive." No, I'm not gonna get married. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, uh, but it's like not something you run away from because it's like kind of like natural in a way. But like there is that thing with um, the religious life. There is a, there is a like a. It's more obvious the call of sacrifice. Um, what would you say that it was that kind of made you scared of religious life or not want to do it? I totally agree on what you're saying on just religious life in general. There's so many people look at that and they stiff arm it, you know? Um, and honestly, I think a lot of my fear came from the unknown. There's a lot of things about the religious life that I had no idea about. And so in my mind, I just see, you know, a woman in a habit and I'm like, I could never wear a dress for the rest of my life. I could never wear something on my head the rest of my life. You know, I like too many guys, like all these things you know, um, I want children, you know, just little things like that, that you just, you completely stiff arm because of your knowledge of what you think mm. the religious life is. And it only took years, five years down the road, you know, for my heart to, to open up into finding out those questions to going and seeing how they live. Um, not because I wanted to be one of them, but to actually open up that questionnaire that I had in my mind. And it's amazing. 
whether whether you become religious or not is amazing to go and seeing how they live it is truly remarkable um god's given grace literally um and so that i definitely stiffed arm them <laughs> for sure mm. um but that started the change yeah yeah so like uh, obviously you like I said, almost didn't view them as people when you were in and amongst them in Steubenville, the most famous place in the rest of the world. Um, but like, so in meeting uh, Sister Bonnie Remedy, um, you realize, oh wow, you know, the 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 veil was lifted, and they realized, oh, they're people, and I'm a person. And it was it was it? Oh my God, this is now an option, or was it like, I think I'm going to be a nun. I don't want to be a nun. Is it was that kind of thing? In a yes and no. Maybe there was a thought of I'm gonna be a nun. Out of everyone in my family, I knew I would be the nun, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but that was just like the fear, and so my rebellious side was like, yeah, nah, I'm going this other direction. Right. And obviously, I was not ready for anything to happen then. It was just like God was like, hey, look, it's yeah, a real person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just, just like you. Nudge. And she's maybe, you know, she's living a life different than you, but there's a possibility there. Yeah. So I, it was just the first seed, I would say, that was really planted deep in my life that I was not expecting. Yeah. So what was the next big thing that happened to you? Um, was it in New Zealand or did you go back to the States and then spend some time? Yeah, um, I so I finished up, so in January, I finished up, and I moved to Auckland because my friends that I met from Hearts of Flame were in Auckland, um, and finished up my time in New Zealand, which was fantastic, so good, but I wouldn't say anything else happened throughout that point. Um, I moved back to America, back home, to Steubenville, and did not want to be here. I did not like this town. Um, I wanted to get out. I loved New Zealand, but I just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I was kind of stuck. Um, but Sister Remedy kept in touch with me. And every time I had a question, I would message her or I would call her or whatever. Um, and I worked out in the field. I was a waitress at a restaurant here. I've always wanted to be a waitress. I don't know why, but that's Amen. what I ended up doing. Um, and so I just had no direction in my life really and sister remedy she asked she said okay if you have no commitments right now besides your job like you're not going to school just go to my order for a week just look at it just for a week just see how we live just one week and i was like <laughs> and at this point i had created a friendship with sister remedy so i trusted her um and so i was like yeah, okay, whatever. If 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 I can get a week off, I'll be I'll go. I was able to get the week off and I ended up going and I don't remember much that whole week. Um I know I was sick for all of it. <laughs> um I know that the beginning of the week ended with the come and see weekend, which I didn't know that that lined up. Um and I remember going and really being impressed with how quiet it is there because they're just blocks from the basilica and dc is loud um but it was just so peaceful where they were at that's interesting um but i i don't really remember what happened throughout the week um but i remember at their apostolate i went with them and they were doing um confirmation classes and during a confirmation class, there were these kids that were acting up, and I was just watching. And I was watching the sister. She was so peacefully just handling the situation. But in my head, I just wanted to, like, shake the kids. I was so angry at them. I was just like, here she is pouring out, you know, her heart or, like, you know, sharing the love of Jesus, and you guys aren't even paying attention. Like, ah! And so I just got so angry. I remember going back to the chapel that night, and I just wrote down an entire like pages worth of like jesus this is why i cannot be a nun because i get angry really fast or because 
I just don't have the patience or both like down to the last T I told him absolutely everything of why I could not be a sister and and I ended that prayer time like that and I was like nope at all um and then after I vented <laughs> um it must have been grace of God because I was sitting there thinking about it all and the question came to my mind if you were to become a sister just if what are things on your bucket list that you would want to do before you joined and I was like well I'm not becoming a sister but if I want to do net ministries um, because my older siblings did net ministries and I've just always wanted to do net ministries so that was on my list and I knew that I needed healing um, relationship wise I knew that I had closed the door to marriage I closed the door to relationships um, and I knew that I needed healing and so I, I I asked the Lord to bring a really good guy into my life um, or I didn't know what needed to happen but something needed to happen um, and so I left um, the sisters really not looking back um, except for that if I were to look at religious life again I would check them out again um, but I closed that door and I went home and I looked up net ministries and I was like, well, I don't want to do it in America. I like going overseas. Let's look at all the other net ministries. And there's some in Canada. And I was like, mm, too close to home. There was one in Australia. I was like, I've already been on that side of the ocean. And there's one in Ireland. I was like, Everyone always wants to go to Ireland. Yeah, righto. Okay, I'll try that out. So I applied to Net Ireland, got accepted. And was like, this is great. And then I freaked out and was like, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. Nope, I can't do that. I, this is crazy. No, this is crazy, Lord. This is crazy. I'm going to tell them no. And one of my best friends, I remember freaking out with her. And she was like, and like, what did you need? What sign did you need for you to understand that Net Ministries Ireland is where you're supposed to go? And I was like, well, I guess just getting accepted was supposed to be my sign. It's like, uh, dude. And I was like, oh yeah. And then from like that moment I had peace and I went. Well, there you go. And so how long were you in Ireland for? 10 months, 10 months. It and so awesome. during that 10 months, um, did you, um, it was it just completely hundred percent given to the, um, to the two net ministries or were you were you also discerning in that time um no i was definitely i was aware that the servidoras was over there actually because they they have an order over there but i wasn't looking for them um and i really spent that time devoted to lord you know that this is a year for you however you want to use it um, so I dove into team life. Um, I really, really um, came to figure out that I love community. I love community. Um, and it was there that I think living in community life on your net team was there that I decided that that community was maybe something for me. Um, but, yeah. So would you say the thing that you got, because like, everything kind of led up to your current situation which is entering into the servidoras and was was the commute the realization that community is a good thing the only thing that made you think actually yeah i could do religious life or was there any anything else i think there was a little more peace in that um i had i really liked to go to the talks at because we would do different events there but we would go to different conferences as well, and I really liked to go to the vocations talk. I didn't know why, but I just, I loved hearing religious tell their stories. I think it's amazing. Um, and I was telling this to another netter, and she was like, she's like, 
you get so hyped up when when you hear other people's vocation stories. I was like, yes, I know. It's, it's amazing, you know? And she was like, yeah, I, I feel that way when I hear about married couples, how they met each other and stuff. And, and I remember leaving that conversation with her, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't feel that way with, with people who get married. Like, maybe I am called to be a sister. Ah! You know, and I freaked out a little bit again. But I was like, no, 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 I'm not there yet. That was just a random freak out. I'm, I'm really, I'm okay. I'm going to continue on with, with Net. <laughs> so I did. Cute. So I did. Yeah, so, like, you get, you were kind of caught between this point where you're not opposed to religious life, but you're also not going to do it, right? <laughs> Is that what you were at? What what it what? Was starting, starting to open up a little bit more. Yeah. Just so possibility. So when you uh, you left, it was ten months with Net, and then you yep. came back to Steubenville. How did you get to that point where you're, okay, actually, I'm going to enter into religious life now? I didn't. <laughs> you still <laughs> have. Nope, not there yet. <laughs> um, I came back to America again, really not not wanting to stay in Steubenville. Still did not like the town, didn't like anything here. Um, my family was here, but I just, nothing was here for me. And um, I had met a really great guy, um, and he's Australian. And so we started dating, and so I went and moved to Australia. And over there, the Lord shook me up, shook me up. Um, because here this amazing guy, you know, is, is, in my life and you know like marriage is a possibility um but it wasn't at the same time there was something inside me that was like i haven't put to peace that no i'm not going to be religious um that question just kept popping up um and through circumstances and just life um him and i ended things and i came back to america um, when that happened, I started working for my uncle who owns Leonardo's coffee house, um, downtown, which had just become kind of this big thing. And I started working there not happy that I was working there, um, but grateful for the job. But I was just like, why am I back in Steubenville again? Um, and so I was like, okay, my plan here. I just got back here in, I think it was July. It's like my plan is to be here at least, or at most, until May. I haven't been anywhere solid. You know, I've moved around every six, nine months since I was 18. Let me just sit for a bit. And in May, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm getting out of here. And so with that, I worked and I lived and I... Um, moved in with some friends and family and it just it was good but I wasn't fully present to being in Steubenville I still wanted to be and then COVID hit Fun. and that really shook me up um, but 2020 was one of the best years of my entire life as crazy as that is like yeah I don't talk to too many people who think 2020 is a great year. Granted, a lot of things sucked, and it was really difficult at the same time. But the Lord really, really worked on my heart in 2020. Mm, yeah, it's amazing. I think uh, that's been the case for a lot of uh, Catholics that I've heard of. It's like, um, it, like everyone was kind of like, lockdown was horrendous. But it was the best time I've had like with my family. It's the best time I've had prayer to myself. I was able to come up with this whole schedule and um, yeah, you know, like even myself. Like I, I, I look back on it fondly. It's like I definitely by the end of the uh, by end of lockdown, our first lockdown, it was uh, I was kind of like, okay, I'm done. I can't go any longer with this, and I was a bit uncomfortable with the second lockdown. But um, yeah, I, the Lord was able to use. You know, he uses everything we give him and uh so you know i guess it was an opportunity for us to give him our time um for a change 100 100 so was there anything specific within that lockdown that was kind of like led you closer to the servidors 
We really didn't get in full lockdown. Um, Steubenville is pretty small, so the coffee shop stayed open, so I was still able to work, which that was still really nice um, to get out and see people, <laughs> besides just your family. Um, but it definitely slowed down. Um, and I had been planning to go on the Camino, actually, after I stopped working in May. That was my plan. I was like, I'm going to go walk on the Camino. It's going to be great. Another adventure. Um, but there was a post going around Facebook that I read, and it just talked about, it talked about how men in the Bible go to a mountain to talk to God or like they go seek him elsewhere and it talked about how women they couldn't do that like they had they had food to cook they had kids to raise like they they were homebound um and that's why the Lord came to them in the Bible right Jesus meets the woman at the well Jesus um meets Martha and Mary at home like it's Jesus comes to them and I realized that for the past four years I had been going 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 to this country going to that country I was searching for God I wasn't running from God I really don't think that I was running away from God it wasn't like oh he wants me to be a sister I'm gonna run away like it wasn't any of that it was just I was trying to find God in all these different places um and so reading this article, it was kind of, it just hit home for me because I've never stayed still. And um, it was during that time that masses were still online and it was really, really tough. But for Easter, um, we watched The Passion. My family and I watched The Passion. And... I love the story of St. Veronica. Um, I know she's known, I think, as a legend, I think. But her story in The Passion, I think, is amazing because here she is watching our Lord walk with the cross, and he falls right in front of her, you know. And there were so many things she couldn't do in that moment, right? She couldn't push the guards away. She couldn't take off the thorns she couldn't, you know, make it stop. She couldn't do anything but wipe the face of Jesus. Like, that's the only thing she could do, and that's what she did. And I don't know about you, but, like, when my face is dirty, that's all I want to do is wipe my face. So it must have meant the world to Jesus um, during that time. And and that, that scene just kept, like, playing through my mind um, as I prayed. Um, and so I kept going back to it. And... I was able to relate it to my life here. Um, with COVID, everything was locking down. Everything was getting canceled. Schools were canceled. Schools were online. Borders were closing. Like everything, there were so many things we couldn't do. And I was freaking out because I was like, God, like, I thought you had this plan. Like things were working out for me. What happened? Did you forget about me? <laughs> Is my life supposed to be on hold? You know? Um, but I just felt like he was saying to me, like, no, your, your life isn't on hold. Like, I, I knew this would happen. I knew COVID would happen in your lifetime. Yet, I still chose to create you. Which means that he must have had a plan for me during that time, during this time. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. And so I was like, I don't know, that was a big bomb moment for me. I was like, you're right. Like, he doesn't, like, yeah, COVID's happening, so what does this mean? And and reflecting on St. Veronica and, and realizing there was so many things she couldn't do, but she did what she could do. And so I did. I started to look at my own life and realize what are the things that I can do. And um, working at Leonardo's and seeing people, I could be that smile for them. I could be that one to make that joke because they probably wouldn't see anyone else for the rest of the week, you know? Like, little things like that. I started to finally live in the present moment mm. and try to realize, like, what the Lord was doing in my life here 
him now? What is he inviting me to in this short little moment? And um, once I started to really dive into that, that became my life. Um, and I was finally able to absorb what was in front of me instead of me grasping at what wasn't. You know, I, I wanted to get out of Steubenville. I wanted to go on the Camino. I didn't want to be in Steubenville again. And this really helped me to focus on being here and present. Mm. Um, we have um, a customer. She comes, she's like a friend now at this rate. She's a regular. And one day I asked her, I said, why, why do you keep coming in? Um, and she told, she told me, she's like, isn't it obvious? Like, you know my order. Of course I'm going to come in. You guys know me. And she said it as simply as that, you know, got her drink and walked out. And, and I replayed that in my mind a while. Everyone wants to be known. Everyone wants to be known. Mm. And, and that is so important. And so just all of this wrapping together, I just realized the importance of living in the moment and making sure people feel like they're known. Um, and loved and and that is when I, I just felt my heart going out towards people I think even more so and and finally being able to letting the Lord work through me wherever I was like my peace should be wherever he has me because that is his plan for me like I'm not leaving because he doesn't want me to leave he wants me there I'm, I need to bloom where I'm planted first um, that may have been a tangent <laughs> I don't even remember your original question. Me either, but it was so beautiful. I was uh, just going to let it run. But no, I don't think you were going off on a tangent, really. I think it's still related back to the whole message of this episode, which is about your discernment process. Because um, you were surrounded in, like, you know, Catholic-topia, as I mentioned earlier. You had religious walking around regularly. You had all the Catholic celebrities and... You had you realized, you know, praise the Lord, you had those people that made you realize you need to make your faith your own. So you recognize that relationship with Christ. And then with that relationship with Christ, he was kind of used that. It was like, okay, all right, you, you want a relationship? Okay, well, vocation is a call to adventure, so let's go. You need to You need to forget everything you think you know. And the only way you could do that is by getting out of Steubenville. And he took you to a country you didn't know existed, you know, and I very much relate to that. <laughs> he had to shake you up so then you could, he could help you see the next thing. And the call that was on your heart from the very beginning, I love that thing you were talking about, like the story of Saint, well, Veronica the legend and your the fact that you were in COVID and therefore God has a plan for you to be here in this time. It's like, God had a plan had a plan for you to be in New Zealand when you were in New Zealand. And, you know, I don't know the specifics of how God makes plans, but to meet Bonnie Reverdy. Because God had a plan for you to be a sister and to enter into religious life. And sometimes the, the reason God can't act in our life, it's because of us. It's not because of him. And so... You know, this is all part of the story of how you entered religious life. You left your comfort zone, and then you realized your comfort zone wasn't that comfortable. And then you realize, actually, there's things inside me that I need to deal with. And you dealt with them, you know, by going to Ireland, by going to Australia, by, you know, having those relationships and having those wounds healed and having those discussions with God where you write pages and pages. And it's about taking life seriously. It's about entering into the adventure that God's calling us all to. And I just love like how your perspective has changed from when you're having campfires to when you were working in the coffee shop. You're now looking for God everywhere. And God's in the people around you. Even the people that have their order. And how can you live that life except in an order that's called Servidoris? And such a it's so so beautiful but at the same time like we always have hear the highlights like we always hear the the miraculous stories of you know 
Saint Teresa of Calcutta hearing seeing a vision of Christ telling him to telling her to start this um order or to join the, the religious life or like Saint Francis of Assisi or Saint Joseph you know we don't hear the ah I didn't want to do this <laughs> you know mm-hmm. uh Mary's yes comes a lot more easy than our yeses but you got there and I think it's just it's been so illuminating and I think every step of the way is necessary um I I like what you said um about the saints right it's for me it was very difficult to relate to the saints because we don't see their struggle right um one thing that I have really learned through my discernment is you know how people say people are called to this or you are called to that and I do not like that term actually um, I I don't like it because in my mind when you are called you're supposed to answer right when I was younger if my parents called my name I had to answer um, my spiritual director at the time, she really helped me to um, get a different look on the word called. Instead of called, um, look at the word invite, invitation. Um, what is the Lord inviting you to today? And that's as simple as she said it, today. What is the Lord inviting you? know, And I'm, I was getting stuck on what is my vocation? Is it marriage? Is it this? Is it blah, blah, blah. She was like, don't, like, we're not there yet invitation what is he inviting you today in this moment um and i was really starting to live in the moment so much so that i i fell in love with my town i fell in love with my job i wanted to stay here i no longer wanted to leave in may granted it was way past may at this point but i no longer wanted to leave i finally let god just use me wherever and i knew he would move me if he wanted me to um, but I really started to look into this word invitation um, because invitation, you have a say, right? If, if you're invited to a party, you have the decision on whether to go to the party or not, right? So that, when it comes to vocation, was huge for me because no longer did I feel this and you're called to religious life or and you're called to marriage like it i i i saw two goods how can i be called to one you know like where is the choice where's the freedom in that um but um this spiritual director really helped me to look into that and and to to figure that out and so when i was dating i saw how the lord was working in my life i saw how the Lord loved me specifically through him and and did all that healing. And could I have gotten married? Yes, I could have. Um, but then looking at religious life, I had never fully given it a chance. So I've never fully said no, right? When you say yes to something, you say no to something mm. else. And I couldn't do that. And I struggled with that because I was like, here, this man is so good. Lord, why can't I just marry him? Um, why can't I just settle down here? I have all these great friends, all these great guy friends. Why can't I look at them, you know, romantically instead of like brothers or whatever? Like something's wrong with me, surely. Um, but it was the Lord just giving me a grace, honestly. Um, and he helped me to realize like, you didn't say no yet. And you need to say no if you're going to say yes to this. Mm. And so... Let's take a look at this. And and so I realized that where I was in life, I could have moved to salary. I could have gotten married. I could have whatever, all these things, yet I was still restless in a sense. I still knew, like there was something inside me that knew there was more to life. And I needed to figure out what that was. Even though I had the ideal life, I was, there was just something in me that knew there was more to life. Mm. And so when I just kept looking into invitation, 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 I realized that I needed to give the servidores a shot um, or religious life a shot in general. Um, Mm. And only fully when I can say no confidently, 
would I be able to date again? And so I was like, all right, you got me. Let's yeah. do this. And that is when I started to more fully look into um, religious life. And I actually didn't go to the servidors at first. I went, um, the, the Carmelite sisters were around at the college at that time. Um, the TOR sisters around here stayed with them. I was just, um, I wanted to look at the sisters of life, like different orders, but I knew I would go back to the servidors. Um, mm. But it just, it took that pressure of, and you're called to religious life. Um, that, once that came off, it then became my response, my reply, that really took root in why I finally, finally opened the doors to this could be it. And so, you know, when the Lord finally asked me, and do you want to be a religious sister? I could fully say yes, mm. because I finally had that freedom of choice and decision and i mean that's what it is in marriage well hopefully <laughs> but like you you married your wife because you decided to you had that decision mm. that you mm. made you know if, if if i were to tell you you know you were called to marry jess like it's it's just just gives a little like pressure almost rather than like no i, I chose to marry jess and that really changed the discernment yeah and i like that you're breaking it down to invitation because um for me moving to new zealand you know was 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 easy because um up until that point i've been traveling around the uk a lot and i've been spending hours on trains and for me so it's like i've been going from um lancashire to wales back to lancashire back to wales to london to wales and so for me, it's like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm so used to this traveling thing. And then I, I had to pack up my life to go back home. Then I had to pack up my life to go back to London. And so, like, I was used to packing up my life through all these little things, which really easy to say. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll go to university in Wales, which is where I, you know, met, you know, met God and became a Catholic. And then I got invited to... Um, a festival a catholic festival in london with a bunch of mates it was easy to go to because i was going with friends i like, sure i'll say this that but all slowly my my world was expanding from lancashire to wales then from wales to london and then in all these places experiencing different things first the faith then different communities and then different possibilities and then d different countries and i was like okay maybe and so when it came to um coming to new zealand it's like it's just another train ride except in the air <laughs> you know landing in yeah, la right. halfway through <laughs> you know it's just a different metal fuselage I, I didn't really i just sat in a chair for a long time it doesn't doesn't change anything for me uh i mean the time difference was a bit of a, a crazy thing but um yeah he god invites us to all these little things which gives us these changes of perspective he invited you to that gr group of friendship where you decided to go around campfires, which meant you can meet God. And you, through a friend, got to New Zealand, and through a friend, got to Heart to Flame, and through a friend, which is Sister Bonnie Remedy, discovered the religious life, which is something that I guess I would assume that if you really thought and prayed about it, you could probably pinpoint it back to when you were like six, like actually there was a call there. Um, maybe, I don't know. I just found like in my own life, I could, I could pinpoint my my first experience of God to when I was about, about six. Um, but like, I didn't pay attention until I was 22, <laughs> you know? Um, right. but yeah, so like all those little invitations. And so like, when you say, okay, are you called to religious life? It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a second. I don't know what's happening tomorrow. <laughs> mm -hmm. And like, okay, let's, let's focus on tomorrow. What, what's going on? Who's there? And what's the next adventure that you're called on? Uh, cause I don't think, rare is the, the the moment where god says um okay straight out of bed you you're leaving the country you know he lets you get up get ready get dressed and meet yeah. somebody yeah because all those are crucial mm. <laughs> all those are crucial to you know what, what's happening yeah 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 well i have thousands of more questions and i feel like this conversation could go on five ever However, uh, people will be listening to this and they'll be wanting to go to uh, do the rest of their life and find out what God is inviting them to next. 
So, uh, thanks for joining me, Anne. And and thank you all for listening to the Evangelium podcast, Curiously Catholic. And remember, you can get involved with Evangelion's mission just by going to our website. That's evangelion.co.nz. And if you like what you see there, do subscribe, get on our email list and find out about all the amazing events we've got going on. And if you feel like you can support us financially, please do. For all of you listening on the podcast, do uh, give us five-star reviews on all your um, on whatever platform you're listening to us on. It helps us get the message out there. If you listen to us on Facebook, like, share, and subscribe. I'll see you later. I've been Dominic Malgeri. You've been fantastic. This is the Evangelion Podcast. Thank you very much. God bless.